All right, welcome to episode six of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. It's a new month or something like a new month, which means we have new music. And by new music, I mean this is not an original. We're working with a new tune. And this tune is, in fact, a cover of one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite albums. And I want to make this a little interesting this month by playing what we will call We'll call it Name That Tune. That's probably copyrighted, like Choose Your Own Adventure, but let's just roll with Name That Tune. Here's my challenge to you. Every week, I'm going to play part of the song and we'll add in new layers. Right now, you're getting the drums and the bass. You'll get a little guitar as the month goes on, and maybe if I have the courage to do so, we will work our way into getting the vocals on the track. But if you think you can guess this song anytime between now and the end of April 2020, I want you to email me at justmewithrr at gmail.com. And if you guess correctly, well, we will find a way to get you a prize. Maybe we will do something like a half hour coffee break session. You and I can hang out remotely with the proper social distance guidelines adhered to, and we can chat. And uh, I don't know, if you're a writer, you can ask me questions about writing or publishing. Or if you're not a writer, we can hang out and talk about whatever. It can be an opportunity just to check in, say hello, and spend an opportunity, have an opportunity to spend some time with someone when we are still probably mostly cooped up in our homes. At least I hope so anyway. So if you can guess this song, it's just me with rr at gmail.com. And I am curious to see what you think it is. I think this is going to be tougher than maybe I should have made it, but we will find out. Anyway, this is also, beyond music, everything aside, this is also the first episode that is being recorded after the first five episodes are out in the world. And I have to say, everyone, I am really, I'm very grateful for the engagement so far. Uh, it's been exactly 24, let's see, 29 hours maybe since the first three episodes came out. And your comments on YouTube have made me feel really positive about the direction this is going. It sounds like I'm not alone in feeling some of what I have mentioned in those first three episodes. The feedback I've received on Facebook has been fantastic as well. And if you're on Twitter, continuing to share the podcast and the videos, that's really great. Uh, it's wonderful to know that we might be on our way to building a nice community for ourselves and that we are trying to embody this idea of living unscripted, unedited and unafraid. So thank you again. That really does mean a lot to me. And I want to make sure that we keep up this idea of community building. And to that point, I want to mention that I am going to start hosting hour long uh, chats and hangout sessions on YouTube. It'll be the Tuesday after the month's first episode debuts. So we'll find a cleaner way to describe that going forward. But what you need to know is April 7th, at oh, 07 p.m. Eastern, call it. That'll be a Tuesday over on YouTube. Come hang out for an hour. We did something like this a couple of weeks ago. I had folks like Sarah Smith, Avery Ames, and Kim Morgan. We all kind of hung out, chatted. We played that setting goal conflict game. And I'd love to play it with you next time too. So April 7th, head on over to YouTube and visit uh, the Just Me with R.R. Campbell page, or it's just the R.R. Campbell channel, I suppose. And we'll hang out. We'll see where the night takes us. So thanks for the engagement so far. Looking forward to where we go next. And on the point of where we go next, well, we need to talk about something today, don't we? These episodes are, in theory, supposed to be about some kind of nebulous idea. And we try to distill it and find out how we relate to it, 
how we can understand it better for ourselves and possibly for others. And so let's talk about empathy. I want to talk about empathy because, yes, it is important to have empathy for others, especially during more trying times. But I, of course, am a big believer in the idea of trying to put ourselves in others' shoes always. And there is a reason that I wrote the first two books of a sci-fi series with the series title being called Empathy. Granted, in that series, the acronym is, empathy is actually an acronym for the electronic mechanism purposed for the achievement of a truly hybrid yield. Yes, it's a little clunky, but I think it gets the point across. And the idea is that through something like this technology, well, we would be able to better understand each other and meet people where they are at. And it would, in theory, bring the world closer together, have better relatability, one person to the next, all is fine and good. Readers of the series know it doesn't quite go that way, but this podcast isn't going to be about those books, though I do hope you check them out. I want to talk about empathy in our world and why it's so important that we try to embody that. And perhaps by exploring a recent shortcoming of my own as it pertains to empathy, we can better understand what we might do for ourselves to embody empathy more. So let's get right into it. We'll talk first about signs that someone might be an empath. And empaths are people who are highly empathetic to the point that there are classification systems out there for this stuff. And I don't mean to wade into the waters of self-diagnosis here. I know that that is a problematic endeavor and any sort of diagnostic should be left to a trained medical professional. So my intention here is not to self-diagnose. I will hopefully stay away from that end of it. But what I want to do is take some time to reflect on my relationship to how one might classify an empath and perhaps you can do the same and then we'll work our way through how that could be practical for us going forward. Now, the signs that someone is an empath. I did a little bit of research on this just to make sure that my understanding of how I have framed this for myself is in line a little bit with what one is going to find when choosing to explore this on their own. And I did pull a couple of things. I got a small list here, it's still technically unedited. I wanted to make sure I had a list available. You'll see me reading from it on the video feed, but I grabbed this list. It's part of a list from a Dr. Judith Orloff, who has written a great deal about empathy and empaths. And here are some traits that normally, you know, define or that an empath might embody. So we have this idea that an empath is often or maybe told that they're too emotional or that they're overly sensitive or an empath if they have a friend or a family member who is hurting maybe it's not even a friend or family member it could just be someone with whom they have some sort of uh, relationship if that person's hurting an empath can kind of feel that hurt too or really does feel that hurt you get it even if you haven't experienced that thing before well, empaths also, another trait is that they don't fit in or that they don't like crowds, or at least they feel like they don't fit in. Or people tend to tell them their problems because empaths, as one might expect, in their quest, maybe not even their quest because that implies a sort of active participation. And I think maybe that's part of the challenge with being someone who is empathic or who attempts to embody empathy is that we are not always looking to take on the emotional uh, labor of others, though other people, because empaths tend to be good listeners, 
can, whether knowingly or not, occasionally foist that upon people who are generally more empathic because they are more willing to listen. And also because, pulling from this list again, empaths are less likely to seek out conflict. And here's a quote. Before we get to the quote, one final note. Noises, smells, and excessive talk excessive, excessive talk from other people can be very draining. Yeah, that I agree with that. That's how I very much feel. And then a quote here. This is pulled directly from, I believe this was Dr. Judith Orloff on one of the posts that I found. When empaths absorb the impact of stressful emotions, it can trigger panic attacks, depression, food, sex, and drug binge and drug binges, and a plethora of physical symptoms. Da, 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 da. Dr. Orloff, let me tell you something. Where were you in my early 20s? Because wow, did I relate to that in a visceral way. And maybe again, this is channeling this idea of hearing that and going, I relate to such an extent that when I first read that, it made me nauseous. Maybe I'm overplaying it. I don't know. And that's the challenge here with trying to define whether or not someone is an empath or they are highly empathic or whatever the case might be. So all of that in mind, I'm thinking about these traits and going, yeah, uh, I, I loathe conflict. I cannot be in a position where people talk and talk and talk at me all of the time. I find that highly irritating. The grand irony of which is that I'm a podcaster. And in something like this, I'm doing a lot of talk and talk and talking out into the universe. The key difference in my own defense, being that at any time, yep, you could, you could push pause, you can press stop, you can walk away. This is a voluntary engagement. But when you are in a position where you are dealing with complex social dynamics, possibly complex power dynamics, and especially on the phone, which anyone who knows me knows that I loathe phone calls. I love you, everyone. Please stay in touch. I, I can't describe how much I'd shake to think of spending time on the phone with people because you can't walk away. You can't do so in a way that remains conflict avoidant or invokes a sense of rejection that is keenly felt by the individual on the other end of the call or the conversation. And then if you are an empath or highly empathic, you feel that as well because you know what it's like to be told that maybe now isn't the right time especially when someone else is hurting and you want to be a resource for them, but you are not in a position to do it right now for whatever the reason might be, right? So what does all of this mean then? I do feel as though I try to be very conscious of doing little things that are not, we're not talking about like gift giving. We're not talking about, um, going out of our way to check in on people or anything like that, I try to find ways to embody the idea of being a true neutral in what is sometimes, yes, an active quest to embody empathy. What do I mean by becoming a true neutral? I mean, putting yourself in a position to absorb the emotional energy of others to let people know that they are seen, to let them know that they are heard, and finding ways to reflect that back on them in a way that is affirming, so long as that affirmation isn't going to be causing concern for them or for others, whether that's just uh, problematic, whether it is harmful, whatever the case might be. But in doing all of this, 
And in trying to actively think about small ways that I can sometimes passively take on this labor for others, maybe you do this as well, maybe you do it with a select subset of people, whatever the case may be, I find that there is an interesting irony in being so aware of this and actively seeking it out. And why is that? Because in this self-reflection, if we engage in it for too long and too much, we can quickly go from self-reflection, possibly, to self-absorption. And when we get too much into self-absorption, well, what do we do? If we have a spectrum, I'm setting this up on the video, just think about a spectrum if you're listening to the audio version of this, but if we have a spectrum where on one end we have empathy, what's on the other end of this? Narcissism, right? People who are so self-consumed, individuals who are not in a position to understand others, they believe the universe revolves around them, whatever the case may be. But if we are people who are actively thinking about empathy and we cross the line from self-reflection and reflection of others, when we go from self-reflection to self-absorption, we are suddenly getting ourselves embodying, interestingly, some traits of narcissism because we are inherently being self-absorbed? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what that means. And then whether simply being aware of the idea of empathy and the idea of aspiring to empathy and doing so in a way that is about self-evaluation comes back in on itself and it becomes that Ouroboros or that horseshoe theory where our spectrum isn't a line, but a circle that kind of comes back toward itself where elements of narcissism fuel one's desire to be empathic. And as I'm saying this now, I'm having a really hard time articulating how exactly this lined up for me when it dawned on me yesterday, two days ago, when I was trying to put some more thought into this. So maybe we'll let that sit for a second and we will try to tease out a practical instance or two in which even me as someone who wants to embody empathy as much as possible has come up short and what that means and what maybe I could do better in the future. And hopefully from there, that'll become a launching pad to understanding what all of us might do to better understand each other and ourselves. So a story. Yesterday, I needed to make a call to my health insurance provider to change my primary clinic. We got new health insurance at the start of March. If you are not from the United States, and this all sounds very confusing, trust me, it is, and we're only getting started. I just needed to change my primary clinic from one that's further downtown to one that's out more where Lacey and I live. Why? Well, because in choosing a clinic that is closer to us, it means we can actually go to the hospital in town if, God forbid, anything happens to us versus needing to be taken to a hospital 30 minutes away. And when minutes count, minutes count, it's important that we make sure we get this stuff straight. So uh, Lacey happened to call earlier in the day. She switched hers over. Of course, they couldn't switch mine over. They needed to talk to me personally, fine and good. Give the people a call. Let them know this is what I want to do. This is what I want to change. And what was advertised as a brief one-minute call and something that they could update rather quickly, quickly devolved without getting into the details into an incredibly challenging moment for me, such that I slipped into what I will call the three years rage. What is the three years rage? As someone who attempts to embody the idea of being a true neutral and tries to 
look to others all the time and put myself in their shoes, I, I am generally an anger avoidant person, but I would say every three to five years on average, and we'll say three, we'll be a little more self-effacing, about every three years on average, I lose the ability to do this such that I slip into what I have decided to start calling the three years rage. I was very concerned yesterday going into that phone call because as I mentioned earlier in this conversation, I cannot handle the phone in the first place, but it was a quick minute thing. So we thought, give a call, that's good. Why was I calling yesterday of all days? Well, with the current climate being where it is and my anxiety being where it is as a result of this, I was suffering from some shortness of breath. This is very alarming to me, as one might think. I did not know whether this was due to an impending panic attack or due to my anxiety. And when I looked up and saw that I could not go to the hospital in town here, but might need to drive all the way downtown to seek treatment if necessary, I was in a bit of a spot. And when I called and when the individual I spoke with pushed back very harshly and provided with me with what were unfortunately some very mixed messages and abruptly placed me on hold in a time that I was very upset only to return and let me know that everything that had just been done for Lacey 20 minutes earlier could not be done for me. I lost my mind, sadly. I, I lost my mind between my anxiety being where it is, between the fact that I had been trapped on the phone, between my ability to attempt to empathize with maybe the situation they were in and how protocol hadn't been followed with my wife's call, whatever the case might have been. I lost the ability to empathize when that broke down. I, I went from not empathizing and getting it and trying to land in a place of self-advocacy to straight on just the three years rage, man. And it led to one of those really unfortunate situations where I kind of became the Karen. And if you don't want to know what I mean by that, look up the Karen memes. I kind of became a Karen. Definitely became a Karen. Bummer. Sorry to people who are named Karen. I know that's unfortunate for you, but that's, that's just kind of where we're at right now. And after that call ended, I was really ashamed of myself. Because ultimately, it turned out that... I realized from the position in which this other individual sat and the position that I sat, we were both right. I was right to be upset and confused. She was right to be following a procedure and to trying and to try to correct for a procedure that had not been followed correctly in another individual's case. Neither of us, however, were willing to empathize with the other person. I did try to communicate that the reason for my angst and the reason for my distress was due to the need to make imminent decisions about my health, which, and I hate to say this, but fortunately it turned out it was just the start of a panic attack. Bummer of a position to be in when that's the, that's the happy takeaway. But um, she was unable to meet me in that place and I wasn't able to meet her in a place where surely she's being inundated with difficult calls as a result of where she works and what it is that she had going on in her life. And this breakdown in empathy really forced me to contend with whether or not I am in fact the empath or highly empathic individual that I pretend to be, or that I aim to be, that I endeavor to be. And maybe I am, and maybe sometimes there are greater forces beyond our control that will swoop in and rest away our our ability to embrace our best selves 
And that might be something that, and will be something I suspect I'm going to continue to tussle with here as I continue to oscillate between this idea of, well, am I an empath with narcissistic tendencies? Am I just highly empathic, but thoughtful enough to step away and do a meta-analysis of one's meta-analysis? What does that mean? Am I special? I don't know. Is anyone special? No, I don't want to go down the road of trying to define special again. I have no idea. These are questions that we're going to try to answer over the course of many episodes, I'm sure. But what I want the takeaway to be here today is pause for yourself, pause for other people, try to embody empathy when you can. And if you feel that that is slipping away, try to catch it before you end up in the three years rage. Because folks, it's not fun. It's unproductive. And I know that that conversation yesterday is one that will plague me for years to come. And that's not an exaggeration. That is a statement of fact. I'm going to try to do better. I hope that you will join me in trying to do better and in being there for each other and in embodying the traits of being a good listener and being a strong support system and trying to really make sure we're not just nodding along and saying, yes, I hear you, but actually trying to understand how someone feels. Because if we can do that, then we can keep ourselves from slipping into that three years rage every three years, five years, 10 years, three days, five days, 10 days, hopefully not. But I'm confident we can do that. And I hope that you will join me in, in this quest. We'll bring it back to a quest. The quest for empathy. Well, we'll leave it there. We're at about 22 minutes here, and I want to thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. We will have another episode, this time actually on April 9th. I know I ended the last episode by saying the next one would be April 9th. Turns out I can't count, so my apologies for that and for any confusion caused. I know that uh, that can be challenging when you're trying to figure out well, do I like this podcast? Do I like these videos? Am I going to keep tuning in? I don't know. I'll check back in when he's posting on his regular schedule. And then I, I botched the regular schedule. So April 9th, though, that'll be our next one. But April 7th, please do join me for that chat. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. I got the hiccups. Excuse me. 7 p.m. Eastern over on YouTube. And again, just as a reminder, if you are enjoying these conversations, if you'd like to come along every week and get access to some really cool bonus content, including chats that you might have missed on Instagram or wherever the case might be, I'll put all of that up for people who support this show over on Patreon. You visit patreon.com slash just me with RR to learn more. And we can continue to grow together on this quest to live unscripted, unedited, and unafraid. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at... I am R.R. Campbell, and of course, subscribe, please, if you would be so kind, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating and review. And please do keep those comments coming, or keep them coming as much as you are comfortable doing. If you can relate to a converse, to this conversation today, if there have been times where you have felt like, man, I'm just really doing my best by myself, but maybe it went a little too far, let me know. Please, please let me know I'm not alone in this. Uh... I'm going to continue to try to do better. I hope that you will do too. But please, again, to tie it back into ratings, reviews, subscriptions, let me know you're here. Let's uh, continue on this. What seems like a one-sided conversation for this half of it, because it is, 
I'm inviting you to pick up the other half of this conversation in whatever means you see fit and through whatever portal you see fit. So thanks again for joining me for this episode of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. Until we meet again, go forth and live unscripted, unedited, and unafraid.